Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real World Productivity Podcast. I'm Adam Moody, and today I'm talking with Corey Carter, who helps entrepreneurs simultaneously increase sales traffic and visibility through JV partnerships and more. I want to talk to him today about his background and experiences so you and I can get a deeper look into his approaches and uh, the problems he's overcome with his vast experience, which we will dig into. So welcome to the show, Corey. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. I'm uh, super stoked to be here. Awesome. Well, let's just jump right in. Uh, I like to start with just asking guests to give a little bit about their background and experience just so people can kind of get up to speed on who you are, where you're coming from, uh, so that a little bit of context for these uh, for the interview here. So tell us a yeah. little bit about yourself. Perfect. All right. Thank you. Again, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, a little bit about me. I mean, 20-year, uh, 20 20-plus-year 20 restaurant vet. Uh, I was building teams and leading teams when I was 18 years old. Um, got to, you know, director of ops at uh, a couple of different companies, traveling around the country, and ultimately found most of my job I despised. I, I, but my favorite part of the job was helping develop people. And so I, was, I loved when I could take somebody from being a brand new employee to, to, to being a manager, leading teams of their own and being successful at it. Uh, I loved everywhere I've been, uh, I was at, making sure that everyone leveled up around me. And, uh, and, and ultimately, because I was traveling around, I had, I had kids at home that I was missing things, missing sporting events, missing recitals, like all the stuff you don't want to miss. And, uh, and so I finally, I, I took a position that allowed me just to stay at home. And I ended up working with my current business partner. And he was had kind of a similar experience. He had, you know, traveling around, building teams, doing stuff, and had the same passion about uh, what he liked to do. And so, yeah, we started building our own thing, more in-person coaching, seminars, training, goal setting, uh, helping people be more productive. And, and then about, I would say, a year ago, uh, it was early, mid to about right now in, in 2019, I discovered the One Funnel Away Challenge in ClickFunnels. And that really put us on a track to do something completely different. Um, we're like, hey, we can do everything we've been trying to do in person on a greater scale online, mm -hmm. right? And, and so I, I fell in love with, with building funnels. I fell in love with just the whole aspect of, of uh, the online world. And, and yeah, we were since able to start an agency, lead the nine to five job. And, and uh, you know, we, we literally, just finished our um, our core offer for our program, all about joint venture partnerships, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's that's kind of the the short story of it. Good deal. Well, then we've got two really cool topics I think we can touch on, and that people will really enjoy, or at least get a lot out of if they hopefully they do both. But uh, I think that the two would be you know you've got a lot of experience with managing, uh, so I really want to dive into that, and I think JV partnerships too. It's something I've got a little bit of experience in. Um, and I've seen how, uh, how much that can do for some businesses. And I've also had personally, uh, you know, some JV partnerships that just fall apart or never go anywhere. So I'm definitely interested to pick your brain so people can maybe uh, see how to avoid some of the pitfalls there because that, that can be a tough, tough thing to do. So uh, let's talk about that then. So I'm curious right off the top of the big, uh, right off the top, your you know, good, you've obviously enjoyed managing people and kind of not grooming people, but bringing them up and teaching them how to be good managers. Uh, so have you worked with people who, 
um, maybe didn't think that they would be good at managing or didn't enjoy it and kind of help them become good managers? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, anybody that wants to succeed in, in whatever it is, whether it's managing or just that whole development piece, like, they have to believe in it, right? And so I, I always found it that my number one goal is to get them to believe in themselves and and be the highest capacity they want to be, right? So whether that's a managing a retail outlet or, or managing a classroom as a teacher or managing a restaurant or whatever it may be, um, it, it's, it's, it all starts with that. And, and that translates to even this online world that we do. Mm-hmm. Literally, the mindset, if you believe you can do it, then you can figure out a way, right? And so sometimes, you know, I always believed in, I'm going to let you figure this out and think it's all your idea, right? And so, and eventually, I mean, so many leaders and they're not really leaders, they're more like bosses that they hold things close to the vest and they tell you what to do and and then you can get a promotion if you do what they say, right? Like my belief was, I'm going to give you everything I can and I'm going to make sure that you're getting uh, to make these choices to achieve these things on your own Uh, and then people have to get promotions in those world because they're just so good. So um, yeah, so ultimately it's all about getting them to believe in and letting them fail a little bit, but letting them, you know, just talk through the answers. And I'm like, Oh, so you knew the answer before you came to me, right? Like trust in yourself, believe in yourself, go do it. Oh, you made a mistake. Guess what? Nothing burned down. Nobody died. Okay. Now it's okay to make a mistake. Right. So uh, that was always my philosophy with, with managing and leading and um, but, but ultimately to develop people is, is really seeing what ticks for them, Mm-hmm. helping them see it for themselves. Yeah, that reminds me of a book that I definitely need to go back and read because it's been a couple of years. Uh, uh, Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. And uh, that book really clicked for me and just being like, oh, that's right. You know, as, uh, I, I knew that kind of intuitively as a leader, I don't want to be that leader who just points and says, go do that. And, you know, that's it. Uh, but I, I, that really struck me where it's like, oh, yeah, if you're really, really good at leading people, you don't need to always be telling them what to do. You know, you need to give them the information when they request it. But otherwise, you need to be asking really good questions. And I think that's that's kind of fits into what you're talking about. Yeah, it's funny. I found my job was harder when I was trying to direct every little thing. Right. My, my job was harder when. I was just telling Adam, hey, this is what you need to do to get to the next spot, or this is what you need to do to accomplish your day. But ultimately, when I just started asking and, and doing less, and then obviously you just, the other side of it is you just have to notice follow up, right? Like yeah. whatever that it is, good or bad, you just have to notice it. And, and when people know you're going to check and know you're, you know, either excited about what they did, or maybe you're disappointed about what they didn't do, um, and, and, but you're not mad. You're not getting, getting on their case in a, a mean way. Like it's, people end up just wanting to not, you know, like a parent's approval, right? Like they don't want to disappoint. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it's all about asking those questions and definitely, um, you know, the, the, the easier your job is, is when, you know, they're asking, they're doing the things that you need them to do to, to get to that next level. That's really good. I, I totally agree. Uh, another, it's come from another book. There's a theme here. Uh, but I read Radical Candor again a few years ago, and I know it's almost like a, not a joke, but like a, I don't know, a trope or something at this point. Um, but it, it really reinforced with me that need to care about, you know, people and just, you know, to remind yourself that, hey, people care 
um, you know, about more than just, you know, the task at hand. And they need to know that you care more than that because they've got a life. They need to know that they're, you know, they don't need to, but you're going to have a much better time, uh, you know, on both sides of the coin if you give a bleep about that person. Uh, yeah, if you, if they come in and mess up, maybe they're late or maybe whatever, and like you have a reason to be upset at them not doing a task, but then you change it around and you're like, hey, how's your kid? right? How's your husband? How's your wife? Like, how's your mom? Whatever, right? And and then like, okay, now what happened? Why didn't we accomplish, right? Like, if you can show that you care, like you're saying, um, and, and because a person is more than a task, right? And that's what, you know, having a, a job, you might have uh, 10 different tasks that you need to accomplish. And most of us, most of the managers, they're just managing those little tasks. But if you're, if you're trying to manage necessarily the person, then they'll manage the tasks themselves. And, and to manage a person, you need to care. You need to be involved in their, their life. You don't have to be their friend, right? You don't need to go hang out with them on the weekends. You, yeah. you just need to care. That's it. <laughs> Definitely. Totally agree. Um, so let's say, uh, you know, you've got somebody, uh, and this comes to mind because I was recently working uh, on a funnel for uh, kind of a job hiring platform. And uh, one of the, the things they're doing is saying, you know, we really want to bring first time uh, people in here and give them the help that they need um, because it can be scary that first time, you know, you're making a hire, whether it's part-time BA or you're saying, hey, I need a full-time person, whatever that might be, a developer or an assistant. Um, so for you, what would you tell people? I, you know, I, I think we would both agree that it's kind of a lifetime process of improving yourself as a leader, but what would you tell someone if it's like, hey, here's kind of a few things that you should really focus on or learn in the next couple of months to really make sure that you kind of do the best with this first hire? Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things is I try to get people to understand. And, and so I tell this to every person that I personally hire, and I would recommend this to anybody that has employees. And one is I'm going to tell you straight up, Adam, if you're my new employee today, like, Hey, I will never get mad at you for something that I haven't taught you. I will never get mad at you for something that you haven't shown to me that you already know, right? And so whether you've done a job, you know, like building funnels or, or managing a restaurant, like you, you may have done it well in a different aspect, but until you've done it to the level of, of my expectation that I haven't physically seen, like I have no right to get mad, right? So, so when I bring a new person on and I let them know that they can be at ease because if they mess up, they, they should know that I'm not going to get mad at it because a, I didn't show them or B, they didn't already show me that, you know, they are clear on that expectation, right? Like verbally you can say something, but obviously you got to show it. Right. Mm -hmm. So whatever, whatever it is you're teaching, you know, it's, I'm going to teach you and then you're going to show me that, you know, it, not just, you know, tell me. And once you, you know, once you show me and I've taught you, then, then the expectation is set. Right then the mutual agreed upon expectation is set for that execution of that. Right. And uh, so I think that's a good way to get people at ease when you brand new, when they're brand new working together and, uh, and you know, and then it, it sets a tone like, Hey, if I mess up, it's all good. Right. And it also sets a tone of now we've both agreed upon what the expectation is on this level. So I need to produce. Right. Definitely. And how would you feel about uh, like reviews? Do you, encourage people to do or have you personally done you know do you like a 90 day or 30 day or yearly or anything like that oh yeah um you know i i love 
I, I love check-ins. I hate necessarily, like I hate annual reviews, mm-hmm. but I only hate them because people do them on an the annual basis. Like that's too late. Yeah. You know, like if I've talked with somebody once a month at least and done a, um, done a short mini review, then yeah, let's do an annual review. And it's just a compilation of everything else we've talked about. But if you ever, as an annual review, if you ever surprise someone with some comments on there, then you failed as a leader, right? But if you've worked through it and, and it should be just like, hey, formality, everything that we've already talked about well before this, it's on this paper, the good, the bad, and the indifferent, right? And, but if you're getting to a review on a yearly basis and you're like, hey, this is, you've been sucking at this. Nope, okay, that, I failed. I've yeah. been the one that's, that's not on them. That's on you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I love, I love building, uh, you know, like I, I, my business partner and I, we wrote a, a book called hacking your goals, mm-hmm. but, but part of it is um, it's, it's, I love building like a 90 day plan. And, and so to, even, no matter what's in it, right. Like there's going to be some personal stuff. There's going to be, you know, certain goals for whatever expectations in business you're trying to work on, right? And then you, within those, there's check-ins. And whether it might be a weekly, like, email or weekly phone call or monthly sit-down, like, whatever that looks like, though, that's the kind of stuff that those kind of reviews are more important in my mind than any kind of annual. Um, but if you never do any review, an annual review is better than nothing. Yeah, <laughs> so, fair enough. So definitely... All it is is a little communication via in-person, via phone, via Zoom, right? Like it's just a little communication uh, to, to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Definitely. Yeah, I see a, a great tie-in towards uh, kind of productivity and doing a review of yourself. If you try to sit down at, you know, 12 months from now and say, man, what was working good last June? You have no idea. Nobody, like no I idea. couldn't tell you, right? And even 90 days is stretching it. So I think that yeah, I do the same and I could probably even shorten it up and just start having some, you know, shorter check-ins. And um, I do also like to ask, I'm sure you do too, like for the open feedback, you know, Hey, here's how I think you're doing. Is there any feedback for me? You know, is there anything that you can tell me? And the one thing I've done is I tell the people I do direct check-ins with that they can't get away with saying, no, everything's great. That they've got to say one thing and it could just be, Hey, these meetings take up too much time, but it's got to be an honest piece of uh, kind of constructive criticism. Right. You know, if, because if they're giving feedback and you're listening to feedback, then they're going to be bought in to whatever they're doing a little bit more. Right. Like if I, I, I definitely like, I could care less what a title is, mm-hmm. whether, uh, you know, I'm the CEO, VP, director of ops. Like if you're a cook, if you're a retail sales cashier, I could care less, like give me the feedback and I'll give you my feedback. And it doesn't matter. Like whatever the goal is, which in a restaurant serving the customers in a retail store, it's serving those customers, right? Mm-hmm. In the funnel world, it's serving your clients. Like whatever the goal is, it's the same. A title doesn't matter. Let's all work together and get it done. Definitely. All right. Well, let's talk about the second part then uh, because this ties directly in. It is relationships. And I have a feeling that that for what I've seen with JV partnerships, it turns out to be relationships, but can you uh, give us a little bit of an overview? Cause that's, uh, you know, something you help people with uh, and maybe just explain it to you. Cause there might be some people out there who don't, who aren't familiar with this term. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to slide back just a little bit and, sure. and talk about, I, I assume you're familiar with the dream 100. Uh, I am, but yeah, you might want to explain it. Okay. Yeah. So, so I went through the one funnel away challenge uh, and it was June ish. I think it was June, July of last year. 
And I learned all about the dream 100 concept, which basically means I'm going to write down a list of a hundred people that I'd love to build a relationship with, do business with, do whatever with. Right. And, and I found this gap of, okay, I'm brand new in this space. Now, Russell Brunson, I just learned from, from the founder of ClickFunnels. I just learned from through the one follow away challenge for 30 days. He's on my dream 100 list. I want to do business with him. Well, why on earth would he do a business with me? Right. And so I'm, I'm this brand new person and, and I'm trying to think about that dream 100. And so it's either, Hey, I'm going to try for, to talk to unicorns like Russell Brunson or Tony Robbins for people that know, you know, is probably a bigger no for that one. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I want to talk to all these big people. And so I'm going to get frustrated when nobody responds or B, I think, gosh, I don't know a hundred people that I'd want to do business with. Like, okay, I just yeah. dream 100 is not for me. Right. Yeah. And, and so we found this gap in that where people were either banging their head against the ceiling, chasing the unicorn, or just plain thinking it's just such a, a too big of a task. They just never do it. And, um, but the key to a dream 100 is the goal is you're going to get your offer in front of someone else's audience, right? So Tony Robbins might have a Facebook group of 3 million people. And if I can get my offer in front of Tony Robbins Facebook group, then 3 million people might see it. Right. And so I'm, many people are, have a kind of a smaller list or following and they're trying to get in front of this big fish. And, uh, so my business partner and I, we came up with a, a way to bridge that gap. And it's called Now My Dream 22. And it's, we break down a full, you know, our frameworks into how to go into something instead of a dream 100, but building up a group of 22. And then you partner with people on, on kind of your same level. So if I have an offer and you have an offer, Adam, we're going to talk. And if it's a right fit, then I'm going to put my offer in front of your people. And I'm going to make sure your offer is in front of my people. Right. And so yeah. now both you and I, we just doubled our audience. Right. But then the beauty of this now, instead of my 5,000 people or 10,000 or whatever we have, mm -hmm. now we've doubled it. And now guess what? We both made sales. Hopefully we've both got our visibility increase. And then the goal, now we both level up. Yeah. Right. Now we both can get to a higher point. And, and so now we're, we're one step closer to the Tony Robbins. We're one step closer to the Russell Brunson, right? And so, so many people that are brand new, they might have, hey, I don't have a following. I want to sell this thing. How do I do it? Um, and so we kind of walk them through. Like, if you have an offer, we're going to teach you how to manage this Now22 and build partnerships uh, through, our, through our frameworks. So uh, joint venture, it, it's basically taking your offer, and putting in front of my people, if it makes sense. Right. So, um, and then, you know, getting a split, right. Yeah. So let's just say you're selling a $500 product. We may do 50, 50 and two fifty goes to you for every sale that you do in front of my audience. Um, and I get two fifty of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of the whole concept of our now my tw dream 22 program that, uh, trying to help everybody level up through their joint venture partnerships. Nice. Uh, so I know one of the things that, you know, people get concerned about, and I see this for people who are starting or haven't really done JVs and, uh, you know, it's like, well, I'm, I'm scared. You know, what, if, you know, what if this person kind of already does something like I do, should I just not talk to them? Uh, you know, should I avoid people in my same industry? Wouldn't that be cannibalizing sales? Uh, so what do you tell people? 
Well, it's, it's all about how can I provide value, right? So you and I both do funnels, but you might do it. You do, I know you do it a little bit for the e-com now, right? Mm -hmm. Like just after a little bit of conversation. So I don't have a specialization in e-com. So yeah, like I, if I can provide enough value for you and your audience and you could provide the same for mine, like even though we have a similar thing, it still could be mutually beneficial, right? But sometimes you want to see like what's complementary, right? Mm -hmm. So we have somebody that's joined our program and she sells toffee, mm. right? And yeah. so I'm thinking she has this very low end. She wants to do like monthly subscriptions with this toffee. It's a physical product. So I'm like, hmm, what about a coach? What about someone that's serving clients that wants to send something physical to get them to remember, right? Like in sending swag and a pen and a t-shirt or a hat or a planner, right? All this stuff that gets sent, like now I'm going to position my person that has toffee into getting a, to be part of that, right? And so she can help provide value for a coaching, a coach that has clients that's sending something physical to remind them of that, right? But then how can a coach provide her value, right? And so now it's just a matter of what type of coach is it mm. and how we can position that to, to both kind of pitch in and serving each other. So there's the only way to grow, in my opinion, is with some kind of team. Like none of us are going to do this alone, right? And so, um, A, it's got to, I mean, you can't do the exact same thing. It wouldn't, that wouldn't make sense. But just looking in the whole ClickFunnels community mm -hmm. and I mean, I went to a funnel hacking live. I'm not sure if you've gone. I just, yeah, went to this one. Yeah. I just went to this last one. Right. And so my feeling I got was everybody is super competitive with yeah. themselves. They're not competitive with each other. They just love and support each other and they want it. Everyone wants to grow. So, so anyway, so anytime you can find somebody to work with, do it. And then, and make sure you provide enough value for their audience that they'll do the same for you. Definitely. Uh, I think that that sums it up very well. And uh, I just want to circle back, though, because I think you already talked about some of the difficulties. But what do you see uh, maybe as some more hardships of people when they're trying to create JV partnerships? Is it, um, you know, I guess not to go on the negative side too much, but like what happens with the people who just feel like oh, I can't do this or it didn't work for me? Like, wh what do you see happening? there? Yeah, I mean, people have to be all in. Right. Like you can't have one all in and one not. So it's, it's managing that relationship. And, but, but more importantly, it's, you've got to have a process. Right. And um, so Catherine Jones, I don't know if you've seen. Yeah, like, this is actually topic. really tough. This is very topical. I have done a JV promotion with Catherine Jones. That's awesome. Yes. And so she has a process. Yeah. So she has a Trello board. That's every single step in the, the, a partnership from the time her team reaches out to you or vice versa to even post uh, pitching uh, her CF design school, right? Like everything, it has a, a point and a process. And that's kind of how we, how, where we come in is we're going to help manage that process. So that way, once you find the right partnerships and man and mirror the marriage, the offers, then if you have someone else that can manage that process or at least have it mapped out for you, mm -hmm. then it'll be that much easier to make sure it's successful. And so if any, anybody can say, Hey, this didn't work for me, whether it's a JV partnership, whether it's click funnels in general, whether it's uh, having a Facebook group, right? Like it doesn't work for some people. Yeah. I get it. 
right? But if you want it to work for you and you put the time and the effort into it, it'll work for you, whatever it may be. Well, gotcha. Then, you know, I think that that basically answers my next question because I had one on here, like what could people do to save time and get better results when trying to find JV partners? I think we've, we've uh, answered that unless you want to add something more to that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's definitely, you've got to have the process and if you have it mapped out um, before you go searching, right? Like have your offer, have the process, then find the partner and then you can execute. Definitely. And I would just add to that too. I think a good one is always, and I'll do it when the podcast is over, always ask, you know, Hey, how was that? Was there any rough parts to it? Anything could have done better for you? Um, and kind of iterating. So I don't want people uh, listening, especially to, to get intimidated because I hear sometimes this type of stuff. And it's like, Oh, you've got to be big and be, have a business and doing all this. Like, no way. It's just, you know, right. You're networking, you're building a relationship. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have an audience of five. Okay, guess what? Let's go find you someone else with an audience of five. And now you both have an audience of 10. There you That's go. Yeah. Right? So we, again, we call it level up um, partnerships. It's, it's The whole idea is you're going to find people with your similar size audience. So if you have 100 people or if you have 10,000 people, then, we're, then we want to match you with somebody with that same size audience. So it's it's not one person feeling like, oh, I don't have the right thing or whatever. It's two people trying to both level up however it looks right so if it's russell it's a much different uh type of audience right like tony robbins there's not many people i can find with him that has that audience but that's you're going to find someone that to match with him that have big audiences like russell bronson dean graciosi right like there's not a lot of people that you're going to match up with a tony robbins so um he's not going to come do a jv partnership with me right now but (laughs) good stuff uh well uh, you know, I, in the little bit of looking I did, we talked to also, as you mentioned before the show, and so you've also, you know, got the digital marketing agency, you have your own podcast, um, you've got a lot going on, and I feel you, because like, I do the same, I've got this podcast, I've got the Productivity Academy, uh, I do a little bit of client work as a consultant, I've got a business on the side, so I'm curious, from your point of view, like, how do you organize all of that, how do you stay on top of it? Uh, I mean, you have to schedule everything, yeah. so, um, I mean, that's a starting point, schedule schedule the, you know, we have a 15 minute huddle, my business partner and I, uh, and our VA every day. And, and it's literally, it's, it's, uh, you know, like four forty-five to 5 PM mountain time every single day. How did today go? What's, to, what's on tomorrow's plan. Right. And, and so, and then you, you got to eliminate the distractions. So I, like I plan when I'm going to be on the social, on social media. And then the rest of the time I am off of it. And uh, obviously sometimes I got to get on it for, you know, trading messages with clients because that's sometimes how we talk with them. But all our client work, we use Trello, we use Freshdesk. There's a ticketing system. It's very organized and it's, I'm in there at the start of a day. I know what I'm doing ahead of time. I know which clients I'm working with on Monday, which ones I'm working with on Tuesday, uh, when I'm doing my own stuff. And I'm always planning time for my own training, right? Like if we're not learning, we're, we're dying. If we're not growing, we're dying. Right. And, and so literally you've got to plan out everything. And I know some people don't love doing that, but at least your work world, plan your work world. Personally, I like planning everything. My wife hates it, but, <laughs> but that's me. Uh, no, I'm that's- not spontaneous. And so that's how, that's what keeps me to be productive. Like I plan even the days that I know I'm working late and I might have my computer on in front of the TV. Like I know a week ahead of time that, Hey, 
Wednesday night for the next three hours from six to nine after dinner, whatever, like I know I'm going to be on my computer and I'll sit on the couch with my wife next to me. Like I know, and she knows she can plan like, okay, it's not bad that he's working tonight. Cause it was planned. Like he, you know, she, she's aware of it. So yeah, that helps me stay sane. That helps me organize. That helps me uh, keep things in line with when they need to be done. Yeah, that's a good one too. And I like that uh, about, you know, being on the couch next to the wife, but it's in your calendar. So she knew, you know, obviously you're sharing it with her. And I think that's important to, to share that with the people around, whether it's a partner, whether it's, you know, your work partners and just saying it's not a bad thing usually. Uh, so long as people know ahead of time and they're also aware of it instead of just being like, well, I'm working late, you know, hope you can handle it. So, right. Yeah. And if you're working late every, every night, uh, something's wrong. Right. But if you plan it, most likely, if you know, Hey, Monday, I have to be done by five o'clock. I'm going to work my tail off to get done by five o'clock. Right. But if yeah. Wednesday, I know like I'm working on this project for myself from 6 PM to 9 PM, you know, then everyone's understandable. But yeah, if it, and, and I, I guess I, I got in trouble before because I kept having to, I kept working, you know, all the time. Yeah. My wife wasn't very happy about that. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, yeah. You got the, uh, what is it? The uh, work will expand to fill the time allotted. Yeah, uh, exactly. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, we just got time for a couple more questions. Uh, so the first one, uh, I'm just curious if you could go back in time, obviously you've been doing this stuff a long time. So let's say like five years, um, what would you tell yourself five years ago to help yourself out? Could be productivity, uh, JB stuff, uh, agency things, relationships, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, my podcast, Hindsight Hacking, like that's literally the, almost the exact question I ask everyone. Yeah. Can, if you were to go back in time and with the hindsight note being 2020, what advice would you give? Like, that's, that's my question. And, and so that's, it's so hard to answer for yourself, but um, you know, about five years ago, at that point, I was still traveling, and uh, I, I would have, I would tell myself like figure that out sooner. It, you know, at some one point when it was just my wife and I, and I was traveling, it wasn't a big deal. But then you start like I remember when my son was around and a baby, and I, like all of a sudden I'm on the road for two weeks, and my wife is having to do things by herself, and like that's when it started like oh that's not as good. Uh, but then then I was missing different practices and stuff, and um, and it, like, it took me to leave a, a good cushy director of ops job, take a, a third of my salary pay cut to get home. And I, I did it. And, and then it led me to, to what I'm doing now, which I love. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if I would have hindsight, if, or if I would just give myself advice from five years ago, but like make that decision sooner, like it took me three years once I decided I needed to be home to actually make that jump because I was afraid to lose the little bit of money that I was going to lose. Right. But you, you can, you can always make more money. You can, you can't have back that time. Yep. That's true. And uh, very good advice. I got nothing to add to that, man. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, last question for today. Uh, what book or piece of media, whatever it may be, uh, do you find yourself recommending the most to other people? Well, uh, I mean, for the last year, it's been all about Russell Brunson's, um, three books, I guess his first two for the last year, but most recently his traffic secrets book. Um, you know, when I really f feel the way his messaging is, um, mm -hmm. uh, really fit with where I was at in my life. And so it, it really works. Um, you know, gosh, there's the Simon Sinek's, um, start with the why 
that's you know one of our first ebooks we we wrote is called hacking your why and and because so we tried to break down a little bit simon sinek has a 200 page book 240 page book and it's so good and so we wrote a little ebook trying to get people to be able to do some some of this over like 20 pages um and because if you don't understand why you're doing things then none of it makes sense at the end of the day other than a paycheck or whatever right and you just get bored you get some mundane but but yeah so figure out your why figure out your perfect day right and then figure out who you want to serve like all this stuff kind of works hand in hand so um start with a why that's one of my favorite um gosh there's so many Um, (laughs) yeah it's a tough one it's not a fair question but I also like it too because it's contextual, you know, it's kind of like five-year question. You could ask that and it would change every time, you know, every different time period you're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, we'll stick with that today. Russell's books, uh, Read and Reread is what I've been doing uh, lately and uh, Start With Your Wife, Simon Sinek. Outstanding. Well, thank you, Corey. I really appreciate you sharing everything today. And thank you so much. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, a few uh, places where people can find you. But I mean, where should people go if they want to find out more about you? What's going on with you? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so Facebook, Corey uh, Carter, Corey E22. Uh, I've got a Facebook group. Uh, you can type in facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hindsight hacking. Uh, and then uh, my new, our new thing now, mydream22.com. That's live and running. Um, And then, yeah, I I think those are are good places to start. They can always find me, CoreyCarter.com as well. They want to catch a little bit of of, uh, what's going on in that world. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real World Productivity Podcast. If you know someone that would enjoy this episode, please grab the link and send it via email, message, or whatever means works best. Now, if you're looking for more ways to increase your productivity, time management, and team building skills, be sure to go to productivity.academy resources to find out what tools, cheat sheets, and services can get you started and make the most impact right now. For those who want to make fast changes and want to save dozens of hours, I highly recommend joining the 14-Day Productivity Foundation Challenge at productivity.academy foundation challenge. This 14-day challenge takes minutes per day but will help you develop or improve your daily review to get more done with less distractions and loss of focus. You'll also get over-the-shoulder directions for setting up an automation to save dozens of hours and the process for deciding what else you should automate and how to do it. And if you're serious about continuous improvement and you know that productivity, time management, and team building will impact every area of your personal and professional life, join us in the Growth Automation Membership. Find out more at productivity.academy/join.